Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Greetings, welcome in, Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on your Monday morning, November 20th, 2023. Thanksgiving week. That's right, it's a short week for uh, for many of you listening today as we uh, head toward the holiday here on Thursday. So glad to have you with us. And uh, yeah, and it feels a lot more like Thanksgiving, or I guess it feels like March. I'm not sure exactly what it feels like exactly, but right now, uh, 43 degrees in the capital city after a uh, a very rainy last uh, last the, several hours. Look at that feels so. like. What's that? Look at the feels What like. is it? 30. 30. 30. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the voice of Mark Vale returned once again. Uh, joining us and glad to have Mark back once again. Good morning, Mark. How are Good you morning. doing today? I'm I'm fine, uh, but I'm going to have to come in there. Okay, that's fine. Mark's going to have to come in the room, and <laughs> we are still still piece by piece. We're just playing a little bit of whack a mole, still with a couple of issues uh, that we've that we've got with the upgrades to the technology in our studios, and so. Mark will come over and join us in person, and that's nice because I can get to see him instead of looking at him. A little inside baseball here. Normally, I have to look at Mark. I threw two panes of glass in a hallway, and I just kind of see half of him there, and now he's right next to me, which is very nice. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Greetings. Good. Welcome back once again. You missed all the beautiful weather uh, in Lincoln. <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. It was- it's it's all over now. It was cloudy in, in the mid-80s, uh, first three days, of the four days of the week. So. Uh, where at? Bradenton, Florida. Oh, okay. Just uh, about an hour south of Tampa. Home of Husker quarterback Tommy Frazier. Little piece of trivia there. Okay. And then a couple of days in Kansas City. <laughs> okay. Which yeah. I found out, the CBS affiliate down there is KCTV5. Uh-huh. They have a new chief meteorologist, an old friend of ours. Who's that? Luke Doris. Oh, Luke is in Kansas. He was in Miami for a while. Yep, that's when he left here. He went to Miami, and he announced over the weekend he's coming to Kansas. Really, City. I didn't know that. Um, See, he, breaking news, uh, Caleb. You'll understand this quandary that Luke Doris reminds me of. Uh, Luke was always really nice. In fact, uh, he went on one of my like the second the second walk I ever did. Uh, long walk, the one where we went from Holmes Lake to Oak Lake. Uh, Luke joined me for part of that. And uh, was always really nice. He was a meteorologist at KLKN uh, at Channel Eight, and he went down to Miami. Okay, and he got he was doing meteorology down there. And you always have if you're following him on social media. It when you get media friends, you follow him on social media, and then they you you like kind of you you know have a relationship with them. But then they go somewhere else, and they about ninety five percent of what they tweet is irrelevant to what you're interested in because they've gone to an especially a meteorologist yeah and you're like luke i'm not doing this because i don't like you i just don't need all of the detail on hurricane season <laughs> severe heat wave right i'm but pretty were, sure right. it's i think, 48 and I think in the winter it made me sad yeah. and so i think i did that but now if he's back in kansas city i think i think i can add yeah. him back now, now he, he used to be regular with kevin thomas on uh, drive time lincoln in the did afternoon. He? he was on every I day i remember that i don't so. know probably when we switch right when we switch over to to channel eight uh so there you go all right i so. didn't know that a little bit of media news there from mark appreciate the scoop on that one Remember they used to. Do you remember? Uh, it wasn't that long ago 
Journal Star used to have another guy we used to bring on here. We used to bring Jeff Korblick on here and do uh, TV TV reviews and TV talk and, and stuff like that. But restaurant he, reviews and restaurant reviews. Yeah, both of those things. His other job was was media writer. Like the Journal Star would have a yeah. media column every single week, where they. I'm, I don't know if I'm. Maybe I'm okay with them not having that anymore. <laughs> I, I, I remember. I remember the first time. They wrote about uh, they wrote about me coming here, and Jeff wrote a uh, a column about me coming here, and I made the mistake. And this was like 2006, but it was still you know they had a web story. I made the mistake of reading the uh, reading the comments afterwards, <laughs> and um, yeah, never read the. Com- no, I mean, number one, never read the comments, post articles. Uh, number two, especially if you are the subject of the article. <laughs> yes. I learned. I learned the hard way not to do that, and so now I don't read the comments. But there aren't really any articles about me anymore, but it's funny that we used to have a a, a regular regular media column basically every single week updating things of that nature. So uh, anyway, i uh, got a good show for you today. It is our final week of Fantasy Huskers. So keywords again at 635 and 810. Speaking of which, Caleb and I will begrudgingly break down what happened in Madison and assess the chances uh, this week. I see how much I've come. I, I still don't even know. We'll see how much I've come out of the doldrums of, of Saturday night. Uh, a little bit later in the show, Tim Aruzza will join us as normal. A little bit of a change uh, for 835 today. We usually have Mike Schaefer. We're going to have Mike here in two days anyway because it's an early Friday Husker tailgate Wednesday edition. And so this week we'll hang on get Mike on Wednesday, but we're going to have Dr. Ken Dewey joining us today uh, at 835, and he and I kind of planned this out because he saw about a week or so ago, he saw, yeah, that's going to be kind of right in the spot where things are starting to change with the uh, with the weather, and sure enough, we saw it yesterday with the rain, and then that is continuing today, and all of a sudden, we're going from highs in the uh, in the low 70s to highs in the mid 40s here and even into the 30s as we get into next week and lows into the teens as we get into next weekend as well. So, uh, Dr. Dua, tell us a little bit about that. When might What's Thanksgiving itself going to look like and when might this kind of we- real winter weather, winter weather situation begin over is the Is this about what he talks, talks about winter in the long term too? Yes. Or is that in yeah, December? Yeah, he'll, he'll give us an update on that too about what the kind of the El Nino winter is looking like. And so he will join us today at 835 for all of that. So that's what we've got on uh, on tap today. I had, because of all the rain yesterday, I had the best intentions. I had the best intentions this entire weekend, guys. I was going to, it was either going to be Saturday morning and then that didn't work out. Something came up and then it was going to be Sunday. I was going to get my leaves raked up and bagged up and put out by the curb. And I was I was getting ready to do it on on Saturday after church, and I was like, "All right, here we go." And then it starts raining, <laughs> and then it starts raining. I was like, "Well, can't do it if it's raining, right?" I mean, wet leaves can't go in bags. Who? How could that ever work? And so they still remain uh, in in my yard, and the clock is ticking now to get them done before Thanksgiving because we've got another day of rain today. 
Looks like I might have a window, maybe on Wednesday. <laughs> They'll dry out, believe me. <laughs> they, they, they will. It'll, the, <laughs> well, okay, that's good to know. Uh, look at this. You have the show sheet there. Uh, yes. Uh, look right under uh, where I normally uh, have a little. Right. Item. Look at the italicized parts of the forecast. So uh, wind gusts are going to now. That might help me. Wind gusts are going to be big today. Uh, gust as high as twenty one tonight. As high as twenty three. Uh, what, Tuesday looks like as high as 31, 38 miles an hour on Tuesday in terms of the gusts. Yeah. So what you're telling me is maybe the wind is going to do the yes. job for me. Dry it out and keep send wind. them on So down maybe the road. I will wait till Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. And maybe the job gets smaller. Sorry to my neighbors, but look, I can't control the wind. I can't do it. I don't know. That might, that might be good. That might be good for me. We'll see. I just, I don't know why. I don't know what it is, Mark, but I dread that job. Just mulch them. Can you can you do that? Is that sure. I mean, you just mow. I got a pretty good layer. I mean, I got some big trees Sorry. in my yard. It just just Sorry. mow right over all of them, sure. and that's it. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys do? You got, does Mark right on that? Should I, should I just mow over them and call it good? Is that all I need to do? I don't have a yard. I know. I'm Lawn not service. That's why mine. we're. That's why we're acting like you're not in the room. And it's fine. Someday. I was like, I, I'm not, uh, don't really have a strong opinion Someday. on this so part of the conversation. You, I was looking at you, don't don't mistake that for being interested in what you think Well, you, you, keep, you kept saying, you're like, all right, guys, what do you do? I was I'm like, at the textures. I, oh, that's fine. Sorry, I, was, I was hoping you were just kind of generally all of us, discussing uh, everything with the room. Just but. talking to a we accomplished homeowners here in the room here and in the list. So glad you're back, right Mark. There's, there's some equipment around here in this room we'd like to mulch. <laughs> 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 uh, no comment. No comment on that. Um, all right, Mark, uh, headlines from, from over the weekend that we should be aware of here. Well, of course, the passing of uh, Rosalind Carter. Yes. She was 96, had been in hospice, I think, since Friday. Uh, her husband, former president, still in hospice care. He's been, He's been in, in hospice for like eight fe- months, yeah, hasn't February, he? I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, she uh, was diagnosed. The family announced uh, she was suffering from dementia earlier this year. So, okay. um, Otherwise, uh, there was a car pedestrian accident last night, 48th and about... Uh, Oh, what was it? I'm just up north. Okay. And a pedestrian was not uh, seriously injured, but uh, about 6.30. And uh, talked to uh, LPD Captain Max Hubka said the uh, pedestrian was walking in the street, evidently. 48th and Baldwin, by the way. Yeah. So, and uh, North 48th there got some lanes open last week, finally, in front of the, that area. Oh, in the College View area? Yeah. Oh, that's so. what, kind of where this was, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's in that general, general area, area. Looking at the pictures. So, other than that, uh, just gearing up for uh, Thanksgiving week. Um, you know, turkeys and yeah, Salvation Army will be doing uh, their uh, tree of hope, or I think it is or tree of lights. Tree of lights. Yep. And so uh, they had the bell ringers out this weekend. I know that they had uh, they had them out, and yeah, we. Um, we're getting ready. We got kind of the we got the easy draw for the Thanksgiving food preparation this year. We've got uh, we got uh, rolls, <laughs> which is always good. And and we're on pie duty this year, so like nothing, nothing, no green bean casserole. No so you're stuffing. traveling across town. We're going, yeah, just across town to my aunt and uncle's house. So oh, they're doing all the heavy lifting for this. It's been it's been a while. We usually have something pretty significant to yeah. make. So. I'm, I'm making a turkey for the in laws. You're doing. Oh wow. How's uh wow okay yeah uh, uh what's that yeah, process fa- look fa- like father in law gonna be here Thanksgiving Day yeah, yeah. You, that's high pressure right it, there I got this you got this do you already have I mean I assume you already uh, have begun the process oh yeah we we've got a uh, there's a place in town we we went ahead and got a uh, smoked turkey 
So, oh, it's, 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 did it? <laughs> it's ready to go, baby. Oh, right. Okay, all right, gotcha. So we pop that puppy in the oven. Thanksgiving morning, we're good to go. All right, very good. Nice. Good luck that, with that. that. Reminds me of a dad joke I saw over the weekend. Says, "Can't figure it out. My kids want a cat for Thanksgiving. I normally just serve turkey." <laughs> I get that one. Um, I like like for a present, but a present. Do you get presents on Thanksgiving? No, no. Oh, they wanted cat for Thanksgiving instead of turkey. Yeah. Okay. There's 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 multiple. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Sometimes I don't get stuff. (laughs) We don't need to. Um, And then one other thing uh, today, uh, we do have the uh, governor's call-in show today. So oh, okay. And and he, of course, as I I saw from last week, you guys discussed. uh, He did order state employees back to the office. So I'm sure I'm sure that will come up this afternoon. All right. That's what two o'clock. Two o'clock. Two o'clock this from right in this studio right here for the governor's call-in show. Uh, and then uh, we should we should talk about a, a big day in you know I already referenced the loss at Wisconsin, but then Nebraska bounces back with a couple of uh, big moments here for women's programs yesterday. Ooh, it was it, there was a stretch of time yesterday where I was in Pinnacle Bank Arena and I was doing my best to just kind of quad box women's events up with my laptop. I had. The women's soccer Sweet 16 match on on ESPN Plus on the left half, and then I had Nebraska volleyball from Iowa on the right half on BTN Plus, and yeah. of course Nebraska Creighton playing out right in front of me. Now that that Nebraska Creighton game ended up just coming up short, but soccer wins the Sweet 16 onto the quarterfinals for just the third time in program history, first time since 1999, and volleyball gets the sweep of Iowa. Crowd looked pretty red oh for gosh. it being a blackout. Oh my gosh! There were more. There were more Nebraskans there. And, and the, the go big red chants were saw like it. Yeah. It sounded a lot more like it was a neutral to a home match no, for Nebraska I, I than heard, it was a road game. I saw some of the the tweets from people who were covering it there or who were there about. 45 minutes, half hour before first serve. And I was like, oh, cool. There's, It's not going to be all black. There's going to be some red in there. And then I watched it on TV, and it was and it was like, oh, my gosh, that's 75% Nebraska fans. <laughs> that was crazy. At least in the one. And my wife was like, look, they've even got courtside seats down there. There's Husker fans who uh, who apparently paid the was pretty Was that pretty penny. unusual that they had, had four challenges that were, were switched? Uh, Iowa had four challenges, I think. No, there was so... It just seemed like it was. It all went one way. Well, one of the things was the camera angles were garbage in, in that arena, and everything is so pixelated. It, it's hard to get any challenges okay. to go your way. Um, so it would be. It was a little strange that Iowa continued to get them. Now, you had Cook earlier this year. I can't remember the match, but he did like eight challenges yep. in a match wow. and got six or he seven won. of them. Yeah, he got a point after point. He usually <laughs> does pretty well, but yeah, Nebraska... Regardless, so that didn't that didn't up and they uh, didn't matter. But with the win, that gives Nebraska volleyball the outright Big Ten championship. No matter what happens, these last two matches against Wisconsin, their first time winning it, uh, winning it outright since 2016. But now you're you're now it's kind of about that unbeaten season because they've they've locked up. I'm sure home games throughout too. The NCAA tournament. Yeah, no matter. I don't think even if they went 0 2, I think no matter what happens, they're a top four seed. It's just now figuring out where you are in all of it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. a quick editorial. The Big Ten Plus app on iPhone is 
trash. Oh man, last night there was and some on big laptop problems. and on Roku the, and pretty much anywhere else you want to try to. There put were it big up. problems last <laughs> night with that. Yesterday afternoon, I should say, with that. All right, we'll take a break at six twenty-three this November twentieth, twenty twenty-three. You are listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You've worked hard for what you have: your money, your assets, your four hundred one k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Wow. Starting to hit home, Caleb. Starting to hit home. Only two days of Mariah after after this is over. This is it. Final week of Fantasy Huskers. Your last chance to get in on the pizza and gear bandwagon from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. I uh, want to congratulate last week's winner, who I, I'll tell you what, I sort of laughed at, uh, I believe it was a him, uh, at a him when he picked overtime with this pick. The very first pick of the week, by the way. The very first pick of the week. I laughed. I chuckled. I said, "That's a that's that's a cute choice to try and uh, you know do something kind of funny." Well, it turns out this person won. Who is this person? I owe an apology. This is Matt. Matt, I owe you an apology, Matt. Which, by the way, Nebraska also got all the way down. Had they within the last thirty seconds gotten a touchdown? The winner would have been Tom, our second picker, who picked zero time left on the clock. Yeah, it was a, it was a big day Monday. It, it got down right down Tom, to it. I'm sure Tom was watching that time tick off the clock and saying, "Use the timeout." Yeah, he was like, "Why aren't you trying what? to score a touchdown?" The, the the last throw by Purdy is like, "Please just grab it in the end zone. Grab it in the end zone." Oh, uh, don't. Oh man. Instead. Matt's your winner, and that's all that matters from that's Saturday. All that, that's all I want to think about is <laughs> Matt and Matt eating that pizza and wearing that wearing gear. that gear. That's all <laughs> warms my heart. Congratulations to Matt. And with that, we start our final week. It's a, a three-day week of Fantasy Huskers. Here's how that'll work. We will do the regular single picks on Monday and Tuesday at 635 and 810, and then we are going to... Triple it up on Wednesday during the Friday Huskers. Just a bonanza. So yeah, better you know, triple triple your chances if you text in on Wednesday during the Friday Husker Tailgate Wednesday edition at six thirty five and eight ten. So with that said, we need to unveil what uh, the topic and then the keyword is. I know we already did this not that long ago, but all of the talk with every Iowa game this year, whether they're playing Nebraska or not, is about the over under. And about which is the for those who don't 
know gambling that well. Basically, that is the total points of the game that Vegas sets or casinos set and offer people a chance to bet. Is there going to be more points scored by both teams or fewer points scored? Iowa has set record after record week after week for the lowest (laughs) ever uh, over-under point total set by casinos, and it's become kind of a kind of a fascinating thing for people. And so I'm going to go back to that this week because you've got to. You've got to go to that this week. So we're going to ask you how many total points are scored between Iowa and Nebraska, two teams whose uh, defenses are their strength. And Nebraska's offense looked better last week, but their offenses generally haven't been their strength this year. And so we'll be interested. It's It's like the limbo. How low will you go? <laughs> so uh, if you want to uh, try and get a pick here on the very first pick uh, that won last week, all you got to do is text us a keyword. That keyword today is bull. Bull. Or bowel. Whatever, however you feel about but, it. But Wait, bull or bowel? Yeah, you can pronounce it bowel. Or bull. Just bull. Just okay, bull. Just bull. I, I actually thought you said bull first time. Bull. B-O-W-L. We're trying to put this into the universe. B-O-W-L. Last yes. week we started out with please. This week we're just going to start out and just say bull. Please. Bull. B-O-W-L. Text that in right now to 402-479-1400 and you will be registered for your chance to get pick number one to guess what the total point score between Nebraska and Iowa shall be. I think it's uh, it was it opened at what twenty seven and a half. Is that right? I can't remember the number. I saw it, but I didn't remember what it was. So and yes, taking half points is allowed. Absolutely. On this, why wouldn't it be? Why would you? What you can't. It doesn't unless somebody comes in and takes both but, both sides of it. If you you're take allowing fi- people to take fractions, if you take fifteen and a half, you're close to sixteen and you're close to fifteen. Um, okay, <laughs> you're sure you want to do this? It's I, up. It's up to the people if they want to put themselves in that position. I would question that decision because then you cannot hit it on the nose. Uh, okay. I'm not here to I, tell the people what to do. I <laughs> can you take thirds? Uh, why not? It's Thanksgiving week. I will absolutely be taking thirds. Okay. Well, you can manage that then. Uh, so go ahead and pick how many points are scored. I would not. A, I don't think a half helps you. I don't think I would take a half, but I guess if Caleb is going to allow you to do that, you can do that. I'll allow it. I'm not saying it'd be the smartest thing All right. at there all times. Go. All right. Uh, text in that keyword to 402-479-1400 right now if you want to pick. All right. Sound off time. All right, what should we get into first on the sound off? The passing of Rosalind Carter yesterday, uh, former first lady, wife of Jimmy Carter being remembered. Lots of remembrances pouring in for Rosalind Carter. She married Jimmy Carter in 1946. She was not a conventional first lady. She had an office in the East Wing, a full-time staff. She sat in on cabinet meetings, advised her husband, and was known as a tough campaigner, both in his first race for governor and for two presidential races as well. Those who knew her speak of her empathy, her kindness. She fought for the weakest, for the mentally ill. She wanted to get the mentally ill the treatment that they deserved and also to remove the stigma from mental illness. Here at the Carter Center, she and Jimmy Carter went around the world trying to monitor democratic elections in different countries and also to eradicate several tropical illnesses all right um so she passed away had, had gone into gone into hospice recently uh first lady of course from 1977 to 1981 born august 18th 1927 i mean yeah you're, they got 
when you hear she got married in 1946, holy cow. So you were, they were, they were getting near right their 80th anniversary. Holy cow. Yeah. Because they got married, got married a lot younger then. So she would have gotten married when she was 19. Um, so there you go. They, and uh, a lot of people remember that. And Jimmy Carter has been in, he's been in hospice, like we were talking about with Mark, for, for months, um, but has continued to survive. I even saw there was some video this summer that they were they were even out uh, riding in a car during a parade, and so they were still out and about. Um, but there you go. There's the passing of uh, Eleanor Roslyn Carter. Uh, let's move on to some of the other things making news today. Um, but a disturbing trend on on TikTok that a lot of people are taking note of uh, over the course of the last week or so. Evidently, and I didn't even know this existed, but Obama, Obama, Osama bin Laden uh, wrote a wrote a letter after nine eleven uh, that uh, to to the United States. I didn't even know about this, but this is now trending okay. on TikTok, which is. People who are using TikTok who are reading this letter and, well, I'll let this this clip explain a little bit more to you. The videos promoting the letter are still really easy to find, and the trend comes off almost like an ad or a paid clothing review with creators making near-identical claims that bin Laden's words somehow launched them into an existential crisis. So this is all amplified fear that the Chinese-owned TikTok is coaching young Americans into naive and misguided belief systems. TikTok is simultaneously fending off claims of anti-Semitism. Executives met with Jewish leaders and celebrities as the company is denying that the platform favors pro-palestinian content it has all reignited calls to ban the app okay um so some tiktokers were posting the letters urging others to read the letter and and that was getting views um there are some people saying hey this is a little bit of a um, a moral panic here that maybe just based on a small amount of people doing this, as you said there, as she said there, though, you still easy, easy to find here on this thing. But there's already a bipartisan support to to ban TikTok as a national security risk right now. Um, and there's a you know, there's a significant association with with youth culture, obviously, as well. And so a lot of concern about this thing and then you throw in bin laden's figure that elicits obviously very strong opinions on this as well that this is turning into a really significant significant deal right now or uh and has really sort of emboldened the the desire to ban or have some sort of regulation on on mm-hmm. tiktok in in the united states so we'll see where uh where this goes next i'm not on tiktok so i'm not sure how exactly how common this is or what these i haven't seen any of these videos so i have no comment yeah, on I've, any I, of them they haven't come up like, for you either I, i'm on there they just i mean if, it, if it's not a, a movie clip or bluey or some parenting thing or just in general comedy it kind of doesn't show up for me so i i you're right as soon as you started talking about it i was like i don't know about this right uh all right other things that are uh going on getting ready for a week that obviously is going to be one that is significant travel and as we talked about last week perhaps more so than ever more details on what is going to be 
one of the busiest travel weeks, if not the busiest travel week in the United States in history. Airport authorities are saying people should get to the airport two and a half hours before their flight. That may seem excessive, but TSA expects to screen about 30 million passengers over the holiday. That would make it the busiest holiday travel period ever. The busiest days to travel, Tuesday and Wednesday and the Sunday after Thanksgiving, when TSA says 2.9 million passengers could pass through checkpoints. And from the skyways to the highways, AAA projects millions more will drive to their Thanksgiving destinations. The worst times to hit the road late afternoon Wednesday, midday Thanksgiving, and Friday afternoon. The good news for drivers, gas prices are about 40 cents cheaper per gallon this year and even cheaper in the south. Hmm. All right. Two and a half hours early for your flight. Okay. Be ready, especially if you're... You're, especially if you've got somebody, uh, well, you would, you, if you're listening now, you probably wouldn't do this, but it's people are, you know, going to Denver and Chicago and Atlanta <laughs> and, or, or, or flying out of there into these places that, that those starting, I mean, starting right now today, but especially tomorrow and, uh, Wednesday, those places are going to be crazy, completely crazy. So, yes, I hope everybody gets where they are, uh, where they're going this week. It was interesting that she said that one of the business, tra- busiest, Road travel times was actually during the day on Thanksgiving, like starting about midday Thanksgiving. That is, was interesting. Is that because people are trying to get somewhere for for dinner or is, for supper time, or is it because that someone short distance someone went not, somewhere for lunch and now they're driving home? I don't know. I wouldn't think that would necessarily make the interstates busy, but or, that's what she was saying. Or there. potentially you did something with your family at home for lunch and then you you're taking off somewhere uh Maybe. road trip somewhere to be the rest I thought that of the would weekend. be kind of the lull for the the entire week but what do I know all right <laughs> uh what else do we have going on here this morning uh, could have a, a major uh a major volcanic eruption in the country of Iceland they are waiting for and kind of uh, having a lot of earthquakes that signal this is on the way of happening, and they are girding right now for a major volcano situation in the country of Iceland. Iceland's meteorological office is warning that we could be very close to an eruption. In fact, they say, quote, magma is very close to reaching the surface and that the data points to the high probability of an imminent volcanic eruption. Scientists are monitoring a 10-mile-long underground tunnel that is filling up with magma. Thousands of earthquakes have caused cracks in roads, homes, and pipes. The civil defense says the damage plus the uncertainty of earthquakes means it could be months before residents are able to return. Wow, scary situation there. Is there um, it seemed like they are ready for a really significant volcanic activity there in Iceland. Uh, all right. And then and then we've got this. We talked about this this weekend. SpaceX was going to try and test out their super rocket once again. That was uh, that they're hoping to get to the moon here in mm-hmm. a couple of years. And once again. They had some issues. The second test flight for SpaceX of its Starship rocket came to an abrupt and explosive end. First, the booster blew up minutes after launch, and then communication with the rocket was lost. Starship, the biggest and most powerful rocket ever built, lifted off from South Texas. The rocket is essential for NASA's Artemis program that hopes to carry astronauts to the surface of the moon as early as 2025. As SpaceX works to identify what went wrong, the FAA says it will investigate the mishap, which is routine when tests don't go according to plan. Pam Puso. Fox News. It does make you wonder if you keep having these mishaps with these tests, and obviously that's what tests are for, 
But do you start putting pushing back that date at some point? I know the hope is 2025, not long from now, that they're going to actually make the journey to the moon. Are they still mm-hmm. going to be able to do that if these tests aren't working out like they like they had hoped? And we'll finish with this, the uh, movie theater this weekend. What were people seeing? Hunger Games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes, comes in first place, pulling in $44 million from North American theaters during its opening weekend. In which we choose two children from each district to fight to the death in the Hunger Games. Trolls Band Together comes in second place with $30.6 million, making it the third biggest opening weekend for an animated film this year. The movie features the voice of Justin Timberlake and follows the journey of an InSync-style boy band. The Marvels comes in third place with $10.2 million, a huge drop-off from its disappointing opening weekend. It's the biggest second weekend drop in the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Jane Fergus, Fox News. Quick traffic update, injury accident, West Owen, Capitol Beach. May want to avoid that area. It's time for Tom's Talk next on KLIN. It's time for Tom's Talk on 1499.3 KLIN. It was five years ago when a Lincoln man came up with an idea to help people in need keep food on their tables. They're called little free pantries and there are dozens of them across the city. This week, I talked with Michael Reinmiller about his act of kindness that has spread community-wide. I started it just before the pandemic came. It was the Christmas before the pandemic hit. I put one up, and it went gangbusters. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic hit, and it went really gangbusters. So I think as of right now, there's a little over 40 of them throughout the city of Lincoln. The boxes are weather and animal-proof and has room to store food, toiletries, and other items for people who need it. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You'll find them in a variety of locations, including in front of people's homes, in parks, and at churches. I asked Ryan Miller what prompted him to start the act of charity. I'm on the board of Fresh Start, so I'm, my ear's always on the heartbeat of what is going on with homelessness in Lincoln. And uh, food insecurity was just mentioned at every single meeting. Food, food, food. And you can't be healthy without food. You can't sleep without food. There's not, I mean, you can't be successful without a full belly. And I thought... Well, what can I do? Well, he started by building one of the first pantries outside his own home. Many of them are just white boxes. They look a lot like the little free libraries. It's just a box on a post that they just put out front with signs that say, take what you need, leave what you can. And churches join in and get groups of people to go stuff one pantry every other week. And you get several groups doing that, and it's all of a sudden full often. Even though the weather is warm now, Ryan Miller says this time of year, they normally look to fill the pantries with specific items. Things that don't freeze. So boxes of cereal, Pop-Tarts, energy bars. I've been putting in hand warmers. Sometimes I'll put in gloves, fingernail clippers, toothpaste, toothbrushes, toilet paper. Things that everybody uses but won't be damaged by the temperatures. Ryan Miller says he's not too concerned about someone showing up and taking everything inside. You know, often I, I hear someone will call and say someone took and emptied the whole thing. And, you know, it's very likely they might have four kids at home and a hungry dad that works third shift. And there's a lot of people hurting. Cost of living's gone up, but wages haven't gone up that much. Gas is way expensive. And I don't want to ever say don't take stuff when I'm willing to give it away. He tells me the pantries are all about being kind to others and showing compassion but he wasn't sure if his kindness matters idea would actually take off. When I started it, I seriously thought I'm wasting my my family's time doing this. And it's been really inspiring watching Lincoln step up and care about our neighbors. That has just been the most eye 
popping thing. We're a pretty darn cool place to live, you know? It's just amazing. He says that generosity goes beyond the items that residents purchase and place in the pantries. I'm just in awe at how many people step up and say, that is a cool idea. Here's $300. And you know how it, the look you get when you buy $300 of cereal at, at high V? <laughs> they look at you like, what are you doing with two carts of, of just Cheerios? But the thing is, the cereal is one of those things you don't need to cook it. It doesn't need to be kept cold. You don't even need a fork or a spoon, right? You can just eat right out of the box. Ryan Miller says he spends a lot of time purchasing the items needed and making sure the boxes are restocked. He hopes other Lincolnites will join the effort. Ideally, I'd be great if they filled the one closest to them. That way it saves me the gas and time. Two Christmases ago, uh, I heard that some church hit like almost every single pantry and put frozen hams in each one for Christmas. And I thought, what a cool idea. I mean, it's, and I don't know if you look at what ham costs, but you, you start thinking 25, 30 hams, that's a chunk of money. He tells me right now there are no plans to add any more of the pantries. Right now the need is just keeping them full because here comes winter and gosh, you can't avoid the cold if you're, if you're outside living in a car. And there are people in Lincoln that are living in a car. If you want to get involved, Ryan Miller says you can go to their Little Free Pantries LNK Facebook page. Under the About tab is a, a map with all the locations. You know, sometimes they, they move or they get changed or taken down and a new one over there and that kind of thing. If they message me on Facebook there, uh, the Little Free Pantries LNK, um, I think my phone number's on there. They could call there, too. He hopes Lincolnites will consider adding an item they regularly use to their grocery order and taking it to one of the Little Free Pantry locations. Hear Tom's Talk Saturdays at noon and Mondays at 6.55. Or listen to the podcast anytime at KLIN.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O Morning Radio for the entire capital city This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends On the Voice of Lincoln 1499.3 KLIN all right, welcome back. 709 on your Monday morning, November 20th, 2023. Right now in the capital city, we are at 43 degrees. Feels like we are in the 30s. Rainy out there once again. We'll stay that way here. Uh, for for the course of the morning, uh, should be wrapping up or at least reducing chances into the afternoon, although we maintain uh, at least a chance of rain throughout the entire day into the evening as well before we get a little bit of sun Back in the forecast tomorrow. Uh, by the way, your Thanksgiving forecast right now, uh, high in the mid-40s, breezy, sunny. And then if you're going to the game on Friday, Friday is looking chilly, high of 35 degrees. So 
not uh, not unlike what we've seen a lot of Black Fridays over the year, temperature-wise. It's going to cool down. We'll have Dr. Ken Dewey joining us at 835 to talk more about that. But, yes, here we are still without bowl eligibility for Nebraska <laughs> on Thanksgiving week when I think many of us thought, coming off of the win against Purdue, thought it was just going to be a formality that for sure in one of these matchups that Nebraska had to finish up the season, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, and now Iowa, that they would get the job done. They hadn't gotten it. They didn't get it done against Michigan State. Yeah, started to clinch a little bit. They didn't get it done against Maryland. Starting to clinch some more. Looked like they were going to get it done against Wisconsin until it didn't, and then came down to the wire and felt like they were clenching it even more at the end of it, and now you're to Iowa. And you're hoping that what feels what feels I mean and let's just let's just be honest what the experience of of this program has been over the course of the last decade when it gets to the clutch when it gets to the close game when it gets to the thing that you've got to have you don't get it mm-hmm. like it or not I mean I don't like it I don't like it I'm sure nobody likes it there but it's over the course now of of multiple years and multiple coaches, that when it gets down to brass tacks and Nebraska's got to make the one play, when Nebraska's got to win the one game in this case, they haven't got it done. So they've got to reverse that on Friday in the midst of it happening on a micro level in the game against Wisconsin and then on a macro level with this entire season where you just got to make the one play, where you got to get the, the, the one win, and you've got what you're trying to get so badly. It is within your grasp. And that's exactly what it felt like on Saturday. And you hate to see that. That's the hardest thing about the losses, a few of the losses this year, I think particularly Minnesota and, and Wisconsin, Caleb, is just that it felt so much like previous years when you had the win in your grasp, you had to make one play, and you didn't make the one play mm-hmm. even though you played well at other times during the game it's not like you had a bad game overall right yeah i mean there were issues but you certainly had some great moments i mean goodness sakes if you would have told told uh me and you on friday on the friday has tailgate the nebraska would not have a turnover in regulation we would have said oh yeah that's a win that's a win i think if you if you and especially if you word it like that, I would have said, oh, that's a win. Wait a minute. Why did you say in <laughs> yeah, regulation? I know. I know. That would have probably, <laughs> that obviously, but just say they, they did not have a turnover uh, Yeah, in four quarters, four quarters without a turnover. Right. And, uh, and, and now you talk about Nebraska needing just that, that one more play because you look at it, it's, it's three points to Michigan State, three points to Maryland, overtime to Wisconsin. Yep. You go this last week. Yep. Just need to make that one play, but also you got to the end of the game and didn't give yourself enough plays to where you have the opportunity to make that one. Right. And and, and then that's the that's the one that's gonna get scrutinized. Yeah, there's plenty of others. Should have laid out on the block punt. Like on, on the pump block effort. Because right. that I was for, right I there. I forgot about that one. Right there. Should have had that. Um, Tristan Alvano doesn't get a whole lot of opportunities. Need that field goal made before halftime. Yeah, yeah. You, like there, there are certain ones that that you just need little things over the course of the game. But winning time is the last couple minutes, and with a minute and a half to go in the game, three timeouts in your back pocket, and at the twenty-six yard line of Wisconsin, 
Nebraska ran two plays in a, like a minute 20, a minute 10, something like whatever it was. Yeah. And just milked all of that clock. They didn't have to throw the ball. I know that becomes the the immediate fear for people of throwing an interception. But the way Nebraska right. was also running the ball, there was there was time there to just line up. You don't have to go huddle and burn the full play clock. They I think Nebraska could have gotten at least two more plays out of that. And the way well, they were running the ball, you might punch it in. So here's what happened. Nebraska has the ball at midfield, right? The Wisconsin 48 on second, second and 11. Um, and Chuba goes for 22 down to the 26 um, and goes out of bounds at the 26. Wisconsin calls a timeout, then 135 left. Okay. So Nebraska's got the ball, 135 left at the Wisconsin 26. You need a field goal to tie, a touchdown to win. First play. I have this pulled up for my tweet the other day. Okay. <laughs> First play, Emmett Johnson goes for seven yards up the middle. Yep. So they get it to the 19, but they let the clock run. At that point, they run Emmett Johnson again and goes for another one yard. So you've got third and two. They let the clock completely run down But after both of those Emmett Johnson runs. So between plays, you have... 44 seconds from the start of the first down to the start of the second down and 41 seconds until you get to that timeout for the third and two play. And then the six yard Purdy run that gets you a first down. Now there's only 13 seconds left. Right. So yeah, third, you convert third and two after the timeout at 20 and you get Purdy, like you said, six yards down to the 12. Um, take another timeout. You've only got 13 seconds left at that point. Mm hmm. And still a timeout in your back pocket at that point, but you can only run one play, right, right. at that point. And, and where you're at, there's the trying to score from 12 yards out on a run. You just don't want to get held up and let the clock continue to roll. Right. And you don't want to throw an interception right there. So when I've talked with people over the last couple Was of that days, their last timeout, the one that 13? No, or they, they had, still had one They left? still had one more. Yeah, they still had one left. They That's still had one more. Right. Okay. But, but yeah, you don't want to like have a guy fighting for yards and not be thinking about, I need right. to get down right. and, and those types of things. Uh, so yeah, theoretically, they could have run another one there. When I've talked with people the last couple of days... I've said once it got down to that third and two with 20 seconds left, Nebraska did everything right from there. But it was the previous minute 15 where things definitely could have gone differently for them. Right. And even if you even if you kick a field goal, let's say you get stopped on that third down, you're, you're trying to punch in, and you kick a field goal and there's 38, 40 seconds left. Well, Wisconsin's you, out of timeouts. Like, yeah. Well, and you've also... You've hung your hat on this defense. Let your defense go make that stop and keep Wisconsin out of field goal range mm-hmm. over the last 40 seconds. Like right. that's that's a thing that you you've kind of in back-to-back games not let your defense go get that stop at the end that you want them to to get and yeah against against Maryland there was the penalty and then Maryland goes down and kicks the field goal but there've been opportunities to just leave the win or or a potential send it to overtime up to your defense. Right. Right. Like you said, it's not a running or a passing thing, even. Not, it's no, just, no, not at all. It's just it's just letting that clock tick after especially after Emma Johnson gets seven yards on that first and ten play. That's the biggest one, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I kind of understand a little bit when you have a third down coming, but my goodness, that that's the one where you get up, you run another play there, you get yourself another first down. Um 
quick quickly or you get close to it, you keep going, you just get that first down at that point, which stops the clock again for a little while. And they did end up passing it. There was an incomplete pass, obviously, on that on that last uh on the last play. So it wasn't that they were it wasn't even that they were completely reticent to pass it at that point mm-hmm. either. And they had been passing I mean, they threw it to Billy Kemp all night. Tons of passes. Yeah, he had like eight catches. Throughout the course of the night. Unload, they had found out how to do those low risk passes with him. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like like that would be a you know a concern to to try those at that point. Um and so yeah, it's a, it just you know it just felt like you were overreacting maybe to the week before. It felt like the pressure was just the pressure was there and everyone was clenching mm-hmm. is what it felt like, including including the game managers in that situation. And that's the hard part with reacting to the week before because the week before, yeah, it's a situation at the end of the game, but the situations are still there's there's so many differences with them. Right. Whereas a week ago, you kick a field goal, you're winning and you get to put your defense out there and say, get us a stop and you win the game. You can go win the game with your defense. This week, it's you have time on the clock and you're settling for overtime right. as opposed to going for the win. Right. Like there, there are just there are so many differences, but it feels like they were being treated, okay, we just gotta get three here, mm-hmm. even though three just ties it because based on what we got last week and what the blowback well, was last week. It felt like they were were I mean the thing they must have been worried about is Wisconsin going right down and getting a field goal, right? Because that's the only that's the only risk of leaving time on the clock, right? Yeah, that's it. That's the only risk of leaving you know whatever a little bit of a little bit of time on the clock is mm-hmm. if you know worst case scenario you get a field goal, you tie it, but there's still a minute left on the clock and Wisconsin has time with no timeouts to get there and set up for a field goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know, um, but also a thing guess, that, that Wisconsin hadn't shown that they could really no, do no. And then, you know, and then in overtime, again, you get down, you make one play, right? You make one play on third down or fourth down for the defense, and they'd made those plays all night. But on two straight, two straight plays, they couldn't get it done. You had them in third and what, third and seven in overtime, uh-huh. and Mordecai gets the run, and then you got a fourth down chance in overtime. Man, and how, get the how many times did they get to they Mordecai got, over the course of the game? Got a hand and they just on him didn't, and didn't get him get down. Him. Yeah. If it were, if it were, Touch football, they would have had so many sacks. Oh yeah, they did so many forever. Sacks. <laughs> so and and again, overall, you had you had so many good things happening during that game. Offense struggled, and 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 again, you say, well, look, they needed not to have turnovers. They didn't have turnovers, but you know what? They did have this time penalties that they didn't have last week. Mm-hmm. Remember, we were talking about no penalties last week. How killer were the penalties in that game? I mean. Over and over again, the false starts, getting in first and 15 at the beginning of a drive, those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Or or instead of third and seven, it's third and 12. You had so many of those. And then, and then the you, you lost on the, the punting side of things where the Wisconsin punter, I believe, averaged 45 yards uh, a punt, and Brian Buschini averaged 35, including having a, a net 19. He downed one of them and got the tackle in another. <laughs> On, on his punts, so yeah. some of, like there's a little bit of that that is coverage, and then like the one that he downed, the ball was just taking a tremendous badger bounce and just skipping all the way upfield. That he's the he's the one that gets it. Like there there was a lot that just went wrong on both sides of the punts on Saturday to tilt the field, but even there, 
Nebraska still had its chances. Like you had to have so much go wrong, right? And Nebraska yep. was still right there. Yep. I mean, the, Nebraska has not been over. There are, um, you know, all these losses. You you can take out Michigan, and I guess you can take out Colorado too, because that wasn't didn't end up being a close game in the game in the rest of the games that Nebraska lost. So Mi- Minnesota, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin. Nebraska was not overmatched in any of those games, despite the injuries, despite everything. They were just, they just weren't they were they were playing against teams that were there basically their equal yeah in that or in that range of being their equal and it was about execution some some level of execution uh, on on their own end and it was not about being you know not about being beaten it was about that kind of execution and especially execution Caleb when it get down gets down to the very end of the game and it's just uncanny. It's uncanny. Nebraska hasn't scored a point in an overtime for since uh, I don't think since Volpelini. Yeah, and the the last overtime win is twenty. The last overtime wins twenty fourteen Iowa. Right. Yeah, and they I don't think they've scored a point since that game in in like seven overtime games. Jeez. Nebraska's had the ball for a last possession to tie or go ahead umpteen times over the years, and they've successfully done it once. Uh, over over a decade, that was the Northwestern game when Lane McCallum kicked right. the field goal. It's just, I don't know if they got to have one clutch moment to overcome that. I don't know if it's just total coincidence or what, but it doesn't feel like it when you're watching, right? Because you could feel it once again. Yeah. And hopefully they can figure out how to overcome that on on Friday. And if they could do it in that game, maybe that's the key to this whole thing. But we'll see. Nebraska, Iowa, Friday, right here at KLIN, kickoff at 11 o'clock, Black Friday. 724, we'll take a break. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Saver traffic. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, without any further ado, let's count them down, starting with... Number five. Roslyn Carter, a lifelong advocate for mental health and human rights, died yesterday. She was surrounded by family in Plains, Georgia, at the uh, Carter home. She entered hospice care a couple of days ago following a dementia diagnosis in May. She was 96 and married to Jimmy Carter for 77 years. Wow. Wow. Um, four children, grandchildren, great children, lots of lots of them. Um, and Jimmy Carter still alive, having his own health challenges. He's in hospice uh, as well. In, He's in 99. 90, 99. Um, 
I, I, I was when I was born. Jimmy Carter was president, um, and so I don't really remember <laughs> any uh, any of uh, any of that. But I do remember and I covered Carter's campaign. <laughs> yeah, so I do, I don't remember that. Um, but I, I'm curious. To, what are your What are your memories of? Uh, of the first lady uh, during, well, during was, her time, especially. Uh, you keep hearing these news reports about how she was so involved with the administration. You, you know, it wasn't as widely known then uh, because she just wasn't as publicly. Uh, the, the news just didn't cover that as much. But right. uh, you knew, and when she spoke, she was very well spoken, but very soft spoken. Uh, I don't think people really understood how much of an effect or how much influence she had on Jimmy Carter. It's come to we've come to learn that she even sat in on cabinet meetings. So, mm-hmm. uh, pretty powerful individual. Uh, he he did say that uh, he had never discussed top secret issues with her, but uh, she was uh, his guide uh, and was by him along the way. Very difficult for them back then because Amy, their daughter, was quite young. Right in, in the White House. Right. So they had they were uh, in the uh, protecting, and of course, uh, they had the challenges with Jimmy's brother Billy at the time. Yes. So she had some yeah. personal uh, things that went on, and but she was a very strong advocate for mental health and for ER. She was one of the uh, strongest proponents of the Equal Rights Amendment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw a clip where President Carter was asked if. It was a happier day in his life when he was elected president or when he got the Nobel Peace Prize. And he said, when she said yes to marrying me would be the happier one. Yeah, he, uh, I guess, uh, on the first date is when he told his mother that that's who he's going to marry. Interesting. His quote, uh, Jimmy's statement, Rosalind uh, was my equal partner in everything I ever accomplished. Um, she gave me wise guidance and encouragement when I needed it. As long as she was in the world, I always knew somebody loved and supported me. Started dating in 1945 when Jimmy was at the Naval Academy. So. And I, I thought it was interesting because she kind of ran the peanut business. He took over the farm, the peanut farm, and, and ran the warehouse and the operation. But she was the, the uh, business mind behind it. Hmm. So, All right. There you go. And, you know tributes coming i saw laura bush had an extensive uh tribute and comment and sort of you, you kind of you see those and i can't help my mind going here but like are we ever is that generation the last generation where we're going to see like bipartisan tributes like that oh yeah anymore i think, I think so it's, yeah it's kind of it's kind of sad uh all right moving on Number four. No shared conference crown for Nebraska Volleyball. They swept Iowa 25-21, 25-21, 25-15. 27-0 in the season, 18-0 in the Big Ten. Yeah, you, you got to, to the events of Friday and you realized, okay, well, no, Nebraska, after Wisconsin had lost, Nebraska's got a share. They, they go and they, they handle business against Michigan. And on what would have been senior night if the team had any seniors, and then it's you start to look at the math and go, oh, Nebraska can win outright this weekend at Iowa, knowing that it's a beautiful new arena, said it was sold out, and then you see the sellout and you go, oh, that's why it's sold out, because it's majority Husker fans in there wearing red in, that, in their blackout. Handle business, get the first outright title for Nebraska in volleyball since 2016, and Coach Cook always talks about how it's harder to win the Big Ten than it is the national championship. Yeah, I I actually think too. I sometimes you might say, okay, well, look, some people are saying, well, I wonder if they it'd be better if they got a loss here at some point before they went to the NCAA tournament just to sort of 
reinvigorate their motivation and everything like that. I mean, I guess I'm not necessarily addressing that, but I'm I think winning this and taking the pressure off now gives them a better shot in these last two games than if that Big Ten that Big Ten crown was still available when Wisconsin when they go to Wisconsin yeah, on I, Friday. Yeah, so I, I, I like I think where it that, takes a little bit of the pressure off. I like where that line of thinking is because sometimes when you get that first loss to to disrupt an undefeated season and, and trying to stay unblemished for a whole year. Sometimes that's what goes through and the mind resets and you go, okay, that's done. We didn't like that feeling. Right. Let's get back to winning. But I think I, I like where you're at with this because that's the soft reset for it on the, okay, this got out of the way. There's nothing really on the line other than an undefeated record when you go to Wisconsin and to Minnesota this weekend. Yeah. Because I think you, the Big Ten title was a lot bigger deal is a lot bigger deal. Yeah, than that, yeah. Than you're, that. you're you're already Big Ten champions, yep. and you've already locked up That's where the home, was. home court until you get to the Final Four. Yes. So those are the two big things that you want. Now you can just go play. It's like right. the pressure's off. Yes. I really like where those that's were at. the two big pressure. I mean, unbeaten is nice or not, you know, whatever. But that's not where the locus of the pressure was. It was on mm-hmm. winning, not having to go to Wisconsin, and then all of a sudden have them take away a share of the Big Ten title by by winning that match. Now, so. for for those that are really hoping for, obviously, you want a national title, and and, and to do that after this next weekend, you gotta you gotta go unbeaten once the tournament starts. The last unbeaten national title, Penn State in 09. So, there, it doesn't happen a whole lot. No. A one, once a decade type situation, roughly. And, yeah. and for Nebraska, it's still there. And if you can go into the tournament and win back-to-back nights of road matches, Wisconsin and Minnesota, I know it's, a de- like, it's not the, the better year for Minnesota compared to what we've seen the last few. That's still a tough place to end your regular yeah. season, especially the yeah. day after being well, in Madison. And especially if they had just dropped one to, to Wisconsin and then have a chance to completely lose any share of the Big Ten title, which right. could have been in play uh, had had Wisconsin not lost that match. But anyway, good wins. It was hard to tell. I mean, Nebraska, it was you know they did not play. I would not say they played their best match, but it was pretty clear the level of difference of these teams mm-hmm. uh, that were there in that match. Well, so. they decided in the third set that it was time to end it. Yeah, that's true. It. Prior to yep. that, they had their uh, Do we have the schedule yet for NCAA? So. No, no, they we, still got two more, the two more regular season games first. So. But yeah, we'll, we, don't, we don't have the tournament schedule yet. No, we just know it'll be that weekend. Yeah, of, it'll, it'll start the next weekend. The weekend so of uh, 30th, November 30th, Thursday, Friday the 1st, Saturday the 2nd. So we don't know when, but it'll be in Lincoln. We do know that for Nebraska's For the first two weekends. Yep. All right, moving on. Number three. A run of nice weather came to an end over the weekend. Steady rain both yesterday and this morning. Uh, The change is going to last with highs this week in the 40s, low 50s. And Thanksgiving Day right now, forecast sunny, windy, high of 44. Cooler Black Friday. Only in the mid-30s. I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss last week. That was an all-time... That was an all-time week of weather. That was one of the most pleasant weeks of weather of the, of the entire year. May have been the most pleasant week of weather the entire year. And it's going to... Oh, man. Caleb, now that now that we got this rain, the dog park is kind of out because it's a mud fest here at this point everywhere. Yeah. I know, Mark. We needed the rain. <sighs> we yes, needed we did. The rain we still need badly. more. We still need more. But... I'd rather have the rain now than the snow this winter. That's true. And this very easily could have been snow this yes. time of year, yeah. too. So <laughs> we're still, yeah, we're still not, 
still being in the 40s and 50s is is not all in all that's, bad that's here normal. at this point. So it's just going to be honestly, Mark, and you pointed this out at the beginning of the show. I think when you're looking at the forecast, the most the most bothersome thing, at least in terms of being outside, will probably be the wind for the next yeah, few days. It, once it, it stops raining here, yeah. it's going to it's going to clear off by sometime tomorrow. But we're going to have gusts up to around 40 in the next day or two. So yeah, Ugh. and that's uh, and and you're talking weather what at 8:35? Yeah, we got Dr. Ken Dewey who is going to join us at 8:35, and so he'll give us both that not only that short term look ahead. Uh, with some more detail if you're traveling this week or you're wondering about Thanksgiving or Black Friday plans, but also more long-term into the winter. I expect Dr. Dewey will have a little bit more detailed look at what the next few months are going to look like. Are we going to be snowier than normal? Are we going to be colder or warmer than normal as well? And yeah, and is there, and I guess is there too, if you look ahead a week or two, are we going to start to have some some snow in the forecast? Because that could easily happen. Boy, it was... Uh, 14 years ago, we got, we got a snow that first week of December, and that was that was the beginning of a snow cover it, all the way through March. Yeah. At that point, so that that can be that way too. Uh, so we will see, we will see. But the spoiling with the weather is over. My cargo shorts for the time being are put away. Although Wednesday high of 57, they're probably coming back out for that. I mean, let's not. Yeah, lie. like well, and like don't put them away. That's true. Away. And by the way, my rule for Thanksgiving yeah, has you, always been: <laughs> if the forecast high is above freezing, you go with the cargos. Yeah, because the house you're going to be in the vast majority of the time is going to be it's going to be like Miami in July, um, temperature wise the entire time so uh hot and humid and ovens on and grandma's got the thermostat set to 87 and about 30 more people people in a house than that house is used to exactly but the temperature doesn't change no nope (laughs) so yeah just you know what maybe just launder them for the next couple of days don't put them away and how many candles will be burning as well to add a little uh, yeah exactly anything that generates heat anything possible (laughs) That generates a yeah, fireplace is going to just for a little ambiance. My goodness, a beverage or two, right? Yeah, <laughs> a winter warmer. <laughs> All right, number two. Moving on to number Am- Am- two. Amazon. Other security uh, officials want to make sure shoppers don't get scammed Black Friday or Cyber Monday, for that matter. Yes. Uh, com- uh, Amazon warning customers about two prominent scams making the rounds. First, an email appears to be from Amazon itself, uh, warning your account might be suspended. I actually got one of those. Oh, really? Uh, you, just look convincing? at convincing? Re- no. I mean, you, <laughs> you look at where it come from. It comes from and right. it's some address that it would take a security analyst 24 years to figure out where it came from. Second one reaches out to Prime members by phone or text asking them to confirm or cancel services. That's a trick. They want to get your personal information so they can get, get into your bank accounts. Yeah. They're just not. They're not texting you or calling you with that with that kind of stuff. That is just. It's just not how it. Were. I had one. I had one scam like that. I can't remember if it was an Amazon one or no. It was the one. Okay, here's the one that I've been getting a lot lately. It says it's from the United States Post Postal Service, yeah. and it says they've got a package that can't be delivered, and having you click on a link. But it was from a Hotmail address. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, number one, this is not an official address. Also, number two. What is it? Nineteen ninety nine with your email address account. What, what are you doing? Your searches on Lycos and and uh, Alta Vista too while you're doing this? Nineteen ninety nine hacker. Little Jeez. dial up. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Time to scam. All right. Yes. Yeah, so be careful. But Black Friday 
Here it comes. Here comes the shopping, everybody. Are you ready? And and be careful too if you're if you're buying online and deliveries. There's uh, been a lot of delivery uh, thefts. Uh, you know, porch pirates, but also thieves are getting after trucks and hijacking UPS vans and Prime vans. Uh, down in, I think it was Memphis, there was a group of about 20 cars that boxed in a FedEx semi-tractor trailer. You're kidding broke me! Broke into it and took like 50 to 100 packages right out of the back of the truck what? in the evening. Yeah. So Wow. All right. That, yes. that sounds like something that would be on Fast and Furious. Yeah. Yeah, when that... Uh, when that Item gets delivered. Get that thing inside as as soon as you can. All right, moving on. Number one. Well, the American Farm Bureau Federation for the 38th annual year does a survey. It's a snapshot of the average cost of the classic holiday feast for Thanksgiving. Feast for 10, they say this year, less than $6.20 a person. $61.17. That's down Oh, I think just a couple percent. Uh, uh, lower turkey prices. Down three bucks. Three bucks overall from last year. But that was the avian bird flu. That was the big yeah. issue last year with that. It's still up from 2021. Eight full dollars uh, that it's been. But down just a little bit. The turkey going down. Well, the three dollars alone is probably a dozen eggs yeah, this that, year. Yeah, that, that, could be, that could be too. Yeah. Your turkey... 27 bucks. Uh, the next most expensive. What do you think the next most expensive thing here? I've got the list. Pie. The pumpkin pie mix is the next most expensive thing. At yeah, $4.44, according to the way that they do this, at least. I think I read where there was a problem with a pumpkin harvest in China this year. So. Oh, really? Um, and then the next most expensive thing that they've got on here is the stuffing. Oh, no, dinner rolls. Dinner rolls for three eighty four, And then the uh, box of cube stuffing. I'm surprised we're not paying for dinner rolls with gold because that's what those are. That's what I. That's what I have to bring to Thanksgiving dinner this year. You can't bring too many. I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you know right now. You think you got just, en- think the, you got enough? Dinner rolls during Thanksgiving are really more of a, I don't know, a tool than a food. They're well, kind you, of an edible wipe, is the way that I would. <laughs> Jeez, that's. Yeah, right? I no. mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, don't tell no. us we know what you mean because we don't. You do know what I mean. No. Your plate, what, you plate, you've got leftover, you know, juices and gravies and potatoes. Well, and you, te- you, you It's an edible, rolls are an edible wipe on Thanksgiving. You just, geez. wait, you don't, you, you don't like your, it up. you don't like your food to touch, but just the menagerie of whatever's left on the plate, you're just hitting with your dinner roll. A hundred percent. I don't want to waste any food. Well, yeah, I agree, Whatever but at the don't very dinner wipe. It's, no, it's not a It's an edible wipe. And, well, that's where she at. Our neighbors Actually, don't even honestly, sell those. Honestly, that should be a product, like a bread-based edible edible wipe that's just kind of like, it's, nope. it has like the consistency Stop. of a cloth. You wipe your plate, clean it off, oh, best thing throw it they, in afterwards. The best thing those rolls are good for is about two hours, three hours later, a little turkey in a roll. A little turkey sandwich. Yep. I'll have, to, I'll have to remember that. I know it's a big responsibility that I've got. Didn't edible. think you could ruin bread, but here we are. <laughs> edible wipes. you got to be Edible wipes. I'm going to market that. I'm going to go on Shark Tank. I'm going to get rich, and you guys are going to sit there and depends be watching man- me on TV. And depends on who manufactures it. <laughs> Lysol. Jo- if it's jockey, I'm out of here. Jockey. <laughs> <laughs> Not edible underpants. It's edible wipes. All right. It's uh, 754. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 
You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on your Monday morning, Thanksgiving week, November 20th, 2023. Right now, 42 degrees in the capital city. I can't even see it. We're getting pretty decent rain out there. Right now, at this moment, my computer says heavy rain. but Uh, It definitely does not look like heavy rain behind broadcast house. Um, Anyway. Hey, I just want to get a little bit of a, a little bit of a tease here for something that we're going to announce after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving, we'll be uh, telling you more detail about this uh, next week. But we have a little something cooked up for the holidays, and it's a little. It's something new that we are uh, going to be doing for the holidays. So we've gone through a, a bunch of special events, but we have got an event that you can be a part of. I'm going to try and tell you a little bit about it without completely spoiling it because I haven't been given clearance to fully announce it yet, but I think I can uh, kind of fudge it a little bit here and and give you some information. But uh, we've got an event that uh, we here, KLIN Morning Show, will be a part of, and we are uh, hoping that you will want to be a part of too, and you're going to have an opportunity to be a part of, and it is uh, going to be filled with holiday spirit aggressive holiday spirit we may say okay that's what i'm gonna i'm telling you right now uh we'll give you details next week on what it is and how you can be a part of it as well and uh just a reminder as well just the week in terms of programming uh tomorrow obviously will be normal and then an early friday husker tailgate which will be the wednesday edition of friday husker tailgate the uh Perhaps the last Friday Husker tailgate of the year. Nebraska was bowling. Maybe that could change. But maybe the season finale of the Friday Husker tailgate. We will be off Thursday for Thanksgiving on the morning show. And then Friday, pregame for Nebraska football versus Iowa will take our spot. So that is the plan for the week. Plan accordingly. It is 8 o'clock on KLIM. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Line four. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it is time for another Fantasy Huskers keyword. This week, the final week of Fantasy Huskers, we'll be giving away two picks each day, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday we'll be giving away six picks. Six picks, triple it up at 635 and 810. Not so, a pick six. Yeah, a six, six picks. So right now it's just one, though, but you can still get it. All you got to do is text in the keyword, which is for this pick. Rivalry. Rivalry. R-I-V-A-L-R-Y. Rivalry. Rivalry. 
Uh, and if you get a pick, you will be asked how many total points are scored between Nebraska and Iowa. We know we already did that one another week, but it's so interesting whenever Iowa plays, and frankly, when Nebraska plays too. How few? How it's like the limbo. How low will you go? We want to know. We didn't start out low. Will uh, Caleb? Will we have a single digit pick? Yes. <laughs> A thousand percent, yes. You think somebody will pick nine? Yes. Do we have our first pick in yet, by the way? Uh, Yeah, Kevin says 33. (laughs) Scoring explosion. 33. That's higher than the actual over-under. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. So there you go. Text in rivalry to 402-479-1400, and perhaps you will have a chance at, uh, at getting a pick and then maybe getting all the pizza and all the gear from Alumni Hall and Valentino's. All right, uh, Tim Hruza joins us right now. Uh, Tim, you know what I am in the midst of doing here that your, your uh, call to be our guest on the show interrupted? You know what this is? I, I am... Uh... No. Who <laughs> were you gonna guess? <laughs> it was it was a, I was. I was like I was like, oh, can I come up with a clever guess here? Nope. Nope, no, you can't. Guess. You said guess and then you just weren't gonna let him yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess. It was more rhetorical than anything, <laughs> but you know, whatever. You could could have guessed. I I am going through people are gonna laugh and roll their eyes so hard when I'm going through all the five and seven teams uh, or four or five win teams in college football and looking up their APR rankings, their academic progress rate rankings, which is how they award bowl games to teams if they have more spaces than they can fill to the five and seven ones. But let me stop you here because, first of all, this is your annual tradition. But my guess was going to be trying to figure out which bowl game Nebraska gets in with one more win, which is pretty close. Right. So you're thinking without one more. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if the game even matters. Uh, and so far, bad news. A lot of the five-win teams are quote-unquote smart schools. Uh, among them are Army, Cal, Navy, and Rice, uh, among others, in Minnesota. So that's bad news. So just a rule of thumb, if you don't want to go through all the cheering guides, and this is something you're still interested in, which I know a lot of you aren't, but if you are, if a team seems smart, Right. If the university seems a a high achieving academic one and they have either four or five wins, um, cheer against them is basically that. (laughs) That's the rule. That's the rule. All we got to do just beat Iowa and be done. That's also another path. That's other. Just beat uh, Iowa. Also another path for that uh, whole thing. But yeah, it was a rough weekend for me, Tim. I took it. I took it a little hard on Saturday night. Believe it or not. Hey Jack, I've been I've been preaching since 2020 that like it's best to like let go and get yourself space and like have a healthy relationship with sports and athletics. And I was distraught. Oh man, even I you! Fucking, I have bought back in and in violating my own rule. That's that, that's good. That makes me because you're just this uh, the, this icon <laughs> of reasonability and and oh, yeah. all of those I things in the, the past. Yeah, that's total good. total perspective on all of it. You know, good balance in your life, and then here I am, wishing this team would just be good. They're good. They're good. <laughs> They're good. It's just it's just when it comes down to that clutch moment for now for a decade, it just always seems to go wrong. I do have a lot of hope, Jack. Like I am, I am turned around in my perspective on like I am no longer like a nihilist. Like I am no longer this is over. The cynicism's gone. Rules going in the right direction. We just we got to get through this year, and it should have been a better year than it is. We'll be better next year. So you're so no you're you're positive with where the the program is going. 
which most is most positive I've been in ten years. Probably. Okay, I don't know. We will maybe we, since that. Uh, yeah, Mike right. Riley. Mike Riley had some fun moments, but I, this is as positive I've been. The f- start of Frost era was good, and then like the lighting delay. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, anyway, let, let's get into uh, let, oh, let's get in. Oh, by the way, I'll, I'll just ask you quickly: were you were you surprised to hear that uh, Ted Carter, in one of his final acts at the university as as president, uh, with a few weeks left on the job, uh, extended Trev Alberts? Like, w- did it surprise you that it happened, uh, or if not, did it surprise you just the the level of increases that were part and parcel of that contract? It is. It's a healthy showing of support for the athletic director, um, and I don't know if there's much else to say about it. But yeah, I was. I mean, I did not ex- did not expect it. I don't know. There's a lot of like questions that I had that I just uh, like. What, what's the timing here? Was like the one question I always have when stuff like this happens, Jack, is like who who was coming for him? Um, right? Was there an offer out there outstanding? Did just somebody trying to take him. I think it's interesting coming off of that UNO story um, a couple of weeks ago and the university kind of made a statement and then left it. And if the only takeaway, Jack, it is an absolute showing of support for this guy. They want Trev to run the program and to fix Nebraska athletics. Well, athletics, Nebraska football. I mean, the volleyball team, everything else is going just fine. Um, our basketball team. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like it seems like everything's in a good place. It is nothing. It is an absolute showing of support from the board of regents and and the university, I guess. So hopefully, mostly, yeah, Jack. I was like, what? Where's this coming from? Yeah. Middle of the football season. What are we doing? Yep. Um, but they must have had a need to, or there must be something out there that that I haven't heard about. Yeah, that's uh... good for him too. Like it's it's good to have. I I I think Trev's made some good decisions. I think that we're in a better place. Like I said, I'm positive about the football program for yeah. For, no, for I, while. everything else seems to be going swimmingly. Like volleyball is just embarrassingly awesome. Um, things are good. Yeah, I think my, my level of surprise at it is not. I think both can be true. I was surprised at the levels it was at, yeah. uh, but I also am you know think the it was the right thing to do for him to to be locked up. So. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about an issue that um, I, I know is one that you think may be one that is pretty significant in the legislature this year and not one that we've really been talking about real significant. And and this has to do with uh, with land ownership and specifically foreign land ownership. I know a couple of weeks ago that huge that huge dumbbell ranch sold and kind of that I, it didn't sell to a foreign investor or anything like that or to another country, but it did bring up that that whole conversation again. And I know it's it's my understanding that you think this is going to be a pretty significant issue coming up in this legislative session. Can you kind of brief us on where this issue is and why it's becoming bigger and or at least you think it'll become bigger during this legislative session? Well, I think why it's top of mind right now is two things. Number one, um, there's a an investigative report, maybe that's what I'll call it, an analysis from the Flatwater Free Press uh, that was published last week. It kind of looks at the largest land buyers um, in the state, across the board, including both Nebraskans, and then they call them foreign or out-of-the-state investors. So sometimes it can be people from another country, but it can also be just people from other states. And I think the, the analysis of it's interesting. It also comes, Jack, in the wake of a legislative hearing a couple of weeks ago, kind of about this general issue, right? Who's buying land? What is the foreign – what are what foreign investors are purchasing Nebraska farmland? 
there's a couple of things popping up nationally. It's a large conversation. Several states have passed bills in the last year or two on foreign ownership that kind of restrict who can buy them, what countries they can be from, who can buy land or agriculture land in the in the state of Nebraska is kind of what Nebraska is looking at. I mean, Florida either last year or the year before passed a bill that, and I, I think it was one of those things where it really hadn't been thought through to the full extent, but it prohibited anybody from another country from purchasing real estate interests to a certain extent. Um, and so it's been a it's been a hot topic nationally, and I think we're starting now. Nebraska's not not usually at the forefront of these sort of moves, but we're starting now to get a bunch of talk ar- around this questions about you know is china buying a lot of land there was a i don't know if you remember either but last session we passed some legislation that dealt with um the company is called huawei but it's a chinese mm-hmm. owned phone company, um, company yeah. that does Tech cell, company. cell tower yeah. technology um and there was some legislation to stop them from having kind of potential spying on on citizens in nebraska right from using their equipment so it's been a, it's, it's sort of a hot topic about who owns things in nebraska and what our foreign adversaries might be doing with it. Um, the the Flatwater Free, Free Press is kind of a deep dive into who the big buyers are um, that are buying both value-wise and then the number of acres. Um, and I'm also, for the first time, Jack, hearing it from senators and legislators and, and staff asking questions, and I think you're going to see multiple bills this year that take aim at some sort of foreign ownership, like whether it's, you know, hostile countries like your China's of the world that we're worried about um, from a from a foreign domestic international dispute thing, or whether it's you know even out of state landowners, which we've been through in Nebraska maybe more intimately than others with the Initiative 300 stuff and the corporate farming and the who can and can't own land mm-hmm. Those might be the next chapter in that saga too. Well, I was going to say what I mean. What tools do they have? What can they do exactly to to effectuate what they're wanting to see? Different states take different approaches, and what's what's really interesting about Nebraska, and I don't think anybody, I didn't know this until we started talking about it, but Nebraska has a statutory prohibition on the foreign ownership of land for longer than a five-year period. So if a foreign entity can come in and buy land in Nebraska, but they're not supposed to hold it for more than five years, hmm. and then they've got to basically divest in it, the statute just says five years. And that's, I feel like that's a statute, my, my recollection is it's like from the 1800s, so um been on the books for a long time so there's that came up at the hearing and there's a question about like hey do we just find a way to enforce that like you make your county registers of deeds or your county clerks report that to the state and then the attorney general's office tracks it um and we, we start to enforce that or do we get do we do something like you know, south dakota passed a thing that focuses on select several countries that we find hostile right um your your china's your um, your axis of evil type thing, <laughs> right? right. Uh, to borrow from the George Bush moniker, but um, so there's a, a bunch of different ways that you can do it. One thing that's been talked about is you know just finding a way to enforce our existing statute. Um, but I think, like I said, there's a lot of questions when you have states that pass bills with unintended consequences, where like, hey, all of a sudden, um, a citizen from Ireland has trouble owning or purchasing a timeshare in Florida. <laughs> Not great. That's not great for the economy in Florida, right? right. Um, so you gotta you gotta be careful with how you structure it. And we, like I said, I it, <laughs> the Flatwater Free Press thing is an interesting deep dive into who's buying land, and it looks at your larger ones, not your smaller ones. But I don't know how informative it is in terms of people who are scared of like strategic buys 
like that Chinese Huawei, you know, missile silo thing. Um, but it does like definitely raise the question of what tax will we take? How many bills will be introduced? And will it be good or good for Nebraska in the long run? Interesting. All right. Something to pay attention to during the next legislative session. Um, we talked, boy, you and I about a month ago or so, um, about the potential of, uh, some Nebraska criminals procedures being, uh, unconstitutional or at least considered unconstitutional by the attorney general. And, and, and then were some comments about how these were things that he had voted for when he was in the legislature. Um, so uh, number one, um, I guess I guess we still have to kind of see where that goes, but it sounds like we're going to have an actual like a debate or a forum or discussion on on this whole thing with the attorney general, a state senator, and and a law professor. Is this right? And have you ever seen anything like this? Yeah, actually, I, I'm very. I was surprised to see that the this morning in the the Examiner they have a piece about the a debate a forum i don't know what you call it the american constitution society and the federalist society are hosting out at the law school um and not necessarily as far as i could tell about the lb50 question on the constitutionality but sort of the question of the inspector general right so in nebraska we have the inspector general for child welfare and the inspector general for corrections those are i think they're housed in the ombudsman's office but they're legislative employees with investigative authority to look at corrections and child welfare. So if a child the child dies or is harmed in foster care, the Inspector General of Child Welfare will do a report and say what happened and was it was there something that could have been done? Is there a systemic problem that could be changed? And same thing in corrections, right? If somebody dies in a, a prison or something like that or there's a bad outcome, they can do an investigation. Well, the AG's office had had questioned and had determined that, hey, that's probably unconstitutional. It violates separation of powers for the legislative branch to be looking over the shoulder of investigating, entering into facilities um, and getting information from the executive branch. Uh, and that opinion came after, you know, questions about what the inspector general of child welfare was doing with the reaching into the court system and reaching into the executive branch system and, and DHHS and just kind of the intermingling of branches. And I, I, I was surprised they're going to debate. Um, that will be, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the back and forth is um, for that. Because I, I thought the legislature had hired a lawyer, but I don't know that anything has been filed yet in terms of determining that outcome. Maybe I'm just a, a, a little bit behind on it, too. But um, a real question over what can the legislature do in terms of oversight when it funds a state agency? Interesting. All right. And so we'll uh, see what the experts think on this here uh, when they get together to discuss this then. It'll be fascinating. Uh, a couple of my law school classmates there. Yeah, involved if, you're, in that. If, you, if you're not busy over the noon hour, head on out to the law college for a riveting debate. I don't think I will. All right. Hey, uh, great to talk to you, Tim. <laughs> I appreciate it. No offense to any of them. They're friends. Uh, all right, uh, Tim, good to talk to you. Uh, we'll check in with you again next week. Have a great Thanksgiving. All right. See you, Jack. I'll be rooting. I'll be rooting against all of the smart schools. Yes, me too. Good, good rule of thumb. There you go, Tim Herza. It's a twenty-four on KLIN. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by thirty percent in twenty twenty-three. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, of course, when I just declared last week perhaps the best weather week, factoring in the time of year that it was for the entire calendar year of 2023, right when that switches, you know that is the time that it's time for me to have our next guest on, and that is Dr. Ken Dewey, and he joins us right now. Dr. Dewey, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning, Jack. Good morning, listeners, and good morning, Lincoln. It's Thanksgiving week. I don't like the fact that my nickname is Dr. Doom and Gloom, but here we go. <laughs> yeah, I know. As soon as, I mean, it's great, and I had, it was great last week. I had no desire to have you on the show, uh, but it's cloudy and rainy and crummy out there, and I'm like, gotta call Dr. Dewey. Gotta get him on right now at this point, and Let's just uh, let, let's take a look back. Let's reminisce while we still can about the week that just was. How rare was what we saw last week for the month of November? And uh, should we be saying goodbye for that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, Saturday. I sat out on my deck and it was in the upper 60s. And I mowed the lawn for the last time to pick up the leaves. And I said, man, I moved. I'm not in Nebraska anymore. This is winter and it's just beautiful. But I knew that the end was near. And in fact, it's interesting, the forecast accuracy, well over a week ago when you and I uh, contacted each other, we knew it was going to change this week. So no surprises, it's here. Um, Thanksgiving is often a transitional time of year for us in Lincoln. Um, Many years, that's when we've gotten our first snow. That's when we've had some really early winter weather. It's the one of the busiest times of the year for people moving about, doing early shopping and uh, traveling to visit relatives and traveling out of the area. So it is wise. Let's talk about the weather. Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, it, it something came through. Obviously, a, a system came through uh, Saturday night into Sunday. The rain came. The clouds were here on on Sunday yesterday. Um, and and tell us what that kind of portends for this week as we get into the Thanksgiving week. Well, as you said, it was very unusual to have day after day in the 60s and 70s, and that's behind us now. And the switch has been pulled. We've talked about this before. It's neat how it's almost like there's a, someone goes into a room and turns on the lights or turns off the lights. And it was heralded by the rain that came in, and now we look out for highs in the 40s um, and some in the 30s as well. You know, what's really good is the nice day is going to be Wednesday. So that's a very busy travel day, both Mm -hmm. by air and road. And Wednesday, we should be up around 60 degrees and sunny. But we'll get the clouds and the rain out of here today. We're now into a cold weather pattern. 
And this cold weather pattern is going to see the worst day of the year. I'm sorry, not the year, but the month is going to be this Friday um, for the football game. So this, the change has happened. And if we look at record highs going out the next couple of months, they're in the 60s and maybe lower 70s. But that pattern that we had in early November, that's gone. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to come back again. So as we look at this week, we should be fortunate and happy that all of this rain that's falling um, is not snow. It it could have been snow. Sure. Early forecast models last week were saying this was going to be snow, uh, but then they backed off of it. Overnight, we've had about a quarter of an inch of rain up at the airport in northern Lincoln and a little bit about a half, around a half inch of rain in southern Lincoln, over an inch of rain in Kansas. So um, make sure. So I, I think we're in pretty good shape for getting water back into the ground and the plants and all that. And we're ahead of the freeze, of course. That won't happen until next month. Um, Thanksgiving Day, I see 44 degrees. Is that is that right around average for that time for this time of year? Um, yeah. got, like in context, it feels cold, but I've got to imagine it's not that that different. I, no, 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 I know. I mean, the average for Thursday is 48 degrees. So okay. this is this is what it should be. The 40s are normal. Um, Friday is the day that's going to be brutal, and we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, what's interesting is that this is just a short-term cold wave. Remember how it ruined Halloween for a lot of people? Yeah. Well, we're going to try to ruin Thanksgiving for a lot of people <laughs> by having this shot of cold air. It, and, and if we kind of briefly look ahead into December a little bit, we move right back out of this extreme cold yeah. to near normal to above normal. Yeah. But for this week, this is the biggest change, isn't it? Where last week I didn't wear a coat and we could be outside and doing yard work and cooking outside and all that stuff. And now it feels and it looks like the end of November. Yeah, I was going to say, up until this point, it felt like November and October went backwards this year. It felt like we had October and November and November and October this we year. Did. We We kind of reversed it. It's the way it feels and the way it was as well. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, j- I, well, first of all, I wanted to ask you. We did. You you mentioned this a little bit in your answer a couple answers ago. We did get a decent amount of rain yesterday. We're still getting some today. How is is this rain super significantly needed now? I assume it is from from what I've been hearing. And how much is this going to get us kind of caught up in what we've missed for the last few weeks? Well, Jack, we are way below normal. We're about six to seven inches below normal on the year. And we're going into the dry time of year. And I want everybody to remember that we don't have even distribution of precipitation during the year. May averages around five inches of water. But January averages less than an inch, about three-quarters of an inch. So we can't make that up in the winter. It's just impossible. So we're into the dry season now, and we're going to have to hope that we have a wet spring to bring the amount back above so that it gets near normal again. So, no, we're not going to make up that deficit now. It's too late in the year. And, of course, when the precipitation falls now, will it be rain or snow? Yeah, and that that as you said was a question for what we've seen for the last few days. It it tilted toward the rain. Now, Doctor Dewey, I'm unfortunately one of those procrastinators, unlike you, who did not get my leaves picked up yet. Um, and I'm not the only one in my neighborhood. I should note, by the way, as well. So it looks like Wednesday is going to be my window for that. And it looks like we've kind of finally gotten to the point, probably maybe with a few exceptions, but the leaves are all we're, the leaves are gone for the most part. We got bare trees most of the place around town right now. So this is the time that it needs to happen. 
Right. I've noticed a few trees. I think they're the oak trees. Yeah. Um, there's still some leaves on them. They're kind of a golden brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, going down Normal Boulevard, you can see the, a bunch of those trees. Um, well, then the other good news is, Jack, if you wait, although your neighbors aren't going to like this, it's going to get really windy the middle of the week, yeah, and know. it'll probably blow your leaves to your neighbor's house, and they can deal with it. But that's not very nice. Trust me, I've thought of that. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I've definitely thought of that. So that, you, you kind of got, got us through this week. Nice day Wednesday. Thanksgiving looks okay. Um, Friday looks cold, but not. Uh, none of this looks like significant, at least in this part of the country, significant travel issues for people, correct? Well, let's talk about that because it's a very interesting weather pattern that over the last few days, the snow that's expected, and it's okay to talk about snow now, Jack. You know it is. It's the end of November. Right. You just don't like me talking about it in April or in September or October. But the snow is going to develop on Friday in western Nebraska. And the forecast models, every time I look at it every day, has pushed the snow further and further west. So that when I start clicking through this on Friday morning, at 6 a.m., um, it's snowing way out in northeast Colorado and up near Shadron. And then during the day Friday, um, it's now I'm looking at noon on Friday, it's up to about North Platte to Valentine. And then as I go to the end of the football game uh, in the mid-afternoon, uh, the closest snow would be out around Lexington. And it's a light snow. And then as the day progresses, I'm now looking at around midnight Friday, and Lincoln is still dry, no snow yet, and some light snow moves into our area overnight. So it's not going to be a travel problem for the football game. It's just going to be bitterly cold, only in the 30s, wind chills in the 20s, and cloudy. So Wednesday's our best day. It's going to be great for people wanting to travel across the state, sunshine, temperatures in the 50s and 60s. Friday will feel like winter, and if you're planning on traveling west, uh, it's going to be a problem on Friday. Um, and that's when you get out in far western Nebraska and into Colorado. Yeah. Not a heavy snow, not a blizzard, but one of these two, three, four inches of wet snow. And then as we go into the day Saturday, it'll dawn here cloudy with some snow flurries. And then by afternoon, the sun is out. I'm looking at Sunday, which again is a big travel day. And the temperatures are near to above freezing into the 40s and dry. So the big timing of the snow primarily again in western Nebraska, moves into central Nebraska, then dies out. The big timing is during the day Friday. It does not look like it's going to impact the game. I was remembering the other day of a Kansas State game, I think it was, many years ago, mm-hmm. where they had to keep shoveling the snow off the yes. line markers to see where see where the lines were. But nothing like that. It'll just be miserably cold. For travel, I think if everybody is where they need to be, then as the snow moves across the state on Friday, we should be okay. And then by Sunday, we're looking good again. And we warm back up into the uh, 40s and 50s by next week and move out of this cold wave Similar in time to the one we had around Halloween. We're just not going to warm back up into the 70s, but it's looking pretty good going into the future. I, I do see the 8 to 14 day outlook does have um, most of the state in the below 
the below normal temperature situation. Um, and so you are you are you seeing things beyond that where it looks like you're going to warm up more, or is it just before that eight to fourteen days? Uh, yes, when that's yes, I'm seeing things, which is better than are you hearing voices in yes. your head, right? Yeah, um, I'm, I have a map, and I'll I'll update this for everybody today. And remind everybody to go to Dewey Weather on Facebook or K Dewey One on Twitter. Um, it's all weather, all climate, all the time. And if I look at the December second through fifteen, and remember, we're just a month now from the winter solstice and the increasing daylight. Yes, well, we're, we're, we've chipped away at winter already. And I've always loved your phrase: "Every warm day is one less day of winter." Yep, chopping and off weeks. So- yep. December 2nd through December 15, we move back into a warmer-than-normal pattern again. But remember, when you're in December, uh, normal is in the 40s. So let me go down here and let's go into the second week of December. The normal high is 42 degrees. Okay. So when we're moving into that time period, if we're in the mid-40s, um, that would be pretty good. It's not we'll still take it. I'll take it. Yeah. So the three- to four-week forecast is warmer-than-normal going into December after we get past this cold spell, which should last about a week and a half. And then the month of December is also forecast to be warmer than normal. Now, the danger with this is it's supposed to be wetter than normal. It's, again, it's not the wettest time of the year, but wet in the middle of winter could mean snow. So we're still waiting for our first snow. The average date is November 17. Last year, our first snow was in December. And it looks like that's what will happen again this year, unless we get a little bit of accumulation um, late Friday night or into Saturday morning. So there is there's a light at the end of the tunnel, Jack. This cold wave is not setting up to be a colder than normal winter or a colder than normal December. It's just a shot of cold air. And the worst day, as I said, is Friday, and then we work our way back out of it. So that if I look at 14 days, uh, day by day, um, look at this, December 1, 46, December 2, 47, December 3, 50, December 4, 50. Check those mid to upper 40s, lower 50s. That's above normal for the time of year. That's cargo shorts weather in December for sure. For me. Well, I'm having a party on Saturday night, and I can't invite all of Lincoln, but we're planning on cooking out, so I'm hoping that we could do some more <laughs> cookout weather as well over the next month. So. That'd be good. Um, yeah, and it seems like a lot of the recent years, Dr. Dewey, you were talking about you know, the potential for snow probably in December. just seems like a lot of these years we've kind of flirted getting later and later in December without snow. I still remember, I believe it was 2006, it took until New Year's Eve until we had snow. But you've, We've sort of pushed the limit on that a lot of the, the recent years and we'll see if that happens in december this year we are jack and i haven't looked at the maps but they've put out a new map the u.s department of agriculture of the growing regions and what plants you can grow in our area and they keep migrating north when i sat out on the deck saturday i said i've moved to wichita because it felt like i was in southern kansas not southern nebraska (laughs) and this is what's happened with our snows other than if remember we had that really heavy snowy year a few years ago, but that was the exception to the rule that you've noted, and that is our snows are coming later in the winter, and they don't stay around long anymore. In some of the past winters that I've been here, like you know, back in the 80s, by Thanksgiving we became snow-covered, and then it became unsnow-covered sometime in February, but this isn't what happens here anymore. It will snow. It snows every year here, and when it does snow, the pattern is it melts away. 
and all you have left are a few piles in the parking lots and on the north sides of buildings. So when it does snow, it's not going to hang around. If it does snow Friday night into Saturday morning, should you wake up Saturday morning, there's a half inch of snow all over the lawns and the roofs. It'll be gone by afternoon. Um, let's revisit our conversation we had last month about the long-term sort of outlook for the El Nino winter. Um, I know you talked, talked a little bit about it last, last month and kind of what that typically looks like. And that's warmer than usual temperatures, but still that chance of, of the, some big snows. Uh, how has that been adjusted? Has that been changed? What do you see, uh, when it comes to more of a long-term outlook on winter this year? Well, that's the thing that's nice is that this really locking in our winter pattern, and there's always variations. Even in a warm winter, there'll be some cold days. Even in a winter with not a lot of snow, there'll still be some snow. But we're not going into one of those old-fashioned, if you will, winters where it's just brutally cold for weeks on end. We're looking at a winter where, especially to the north of us, these are strong signal. The ocean is 75% of the Earth's surface, so no wonder the oceans and their changes in temperatures can affect the weather over the land masses. So it's a stormy winter to our south uh, with severe weather in December and January. And we see some of that potentially this coming week as well. And then for us in our region, this is not a winter where we're going to have prolonged cold spells. It'll be when we add up all the days around February, March, we'll have more days that are warmer than normal then colder than normal. But again, warmer than normal does not mean San Diego weather, not 70s. It might just mean 40s. But that's still we can take it. And that means that many fewer days driving around in snow and ice-covered roads. The downside is freezing rain is always possible because as warm air moves into our area in the winter if we're having precipitation and it's colder than freezing at the surface we could have those freezing rain events but a normal year of snowfall compared to last year especially maybe a little bit less than normal warmer than normal scattered cold days throughout the winter and it's a pattern that's locked in Um, don't see any change in this so the only excitement that could come is perhaps a surprise winter blizzard and Give me a call, Jack. I'll go on the air with you and we'll walk our way through it. <laughs> we will be, uh, we will have you on call on speed dial if necessary, hopefully unneeded. And we'll be having a chat here before Christmas in about a month. And we'll be talking about cargo shorts on Christmas again, but we will see. That's exactly right. You know, they were golfing last week when I went by the golf courses. Oh. And <laughs> it was just wonderful to have that kind of weather. It was. So everybody, it's looking good. Um, cold for the football game. Sorry about that. It's just our, our misery is extended. Now, only trying to win these games but yep. dealing with the weather on friday but for thanksgiving travel perfect on wednesday really nice on sunday for most of our region obviously it looks good and um, the temperatures will moderate hopefully as we go into the month of december the 60s and 70s aren't coming back till early spring but hey if, if we can deal with 40s and 50s i think we'll be a happy winter Totally agree. Dr. Dewey, always appreciate your insight. Uh, tell people where they can follow you as we uh, go through these winter, these pre-winter weeks here for the next Absolutely. month. Absolutely. Um, Dewey Weather on Facebook. And as I said, it's no, there's no politics in there. I might have an occasional picture of some cats and dogs playing together. But it's all weather and climate all the time. And then KDewey1 on Twitter. Um, and I do an update almost every morning. And I do an update in the afternoon as well. And, you know, after this talk, I'll come 
I'll probably put up a whole bunch of maps and other information today as well, just to bring everybody up to date. Safe travels, everybody. It's a really busy time of the year, and uh, it looks good uh, for Wednesday for getting ready to go to, uh, to Grandma's house, right? And then it looks good coming back home on Sunday. Great to talk to you as always, Dr. Dewey. We'll, t- we'll catch you in December, all right? You're welcome. Glad to help out, Jack. Talk to you later. Bye now. Dr. Ken Dewey, weather and climate guru here for years on KLIN. All right, we'll take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Wow, we're already a third of the way through the week of morning shows. Ooh. And... Technically, we're halfway done. Halfway through uh, non-Friday Husker Tailgate Wednesday edition morning show. So back tomorrow on a Tuesday. Uh, scheduled to join us tomorrow, Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, John Baylor, Voice of Nebraska Volleyball. So that's what we've got tomorrow. Uh, your second to last chance to... Uh, for a day, at least, to secure picks for Fantasy Oscars. Those will happen again, as always, at 6.35 and 8.10. And then Wednesday, we come back. Programming note, Wednesday will be the Friday Husker tailgate this week because we have no show on Thursday, no show on Friday. So Friday Husker tailgate, Wednesday edition from 6 to 9 with Mike Schaefer and Kevin Suits to get you ready for the final game of the year in Nebraska's last chance to get bowl-eligible O. With the rivals from across the border. It did in. come down to Iowa. Here we go. It's going to be a high blood pressure day for me. I can tell you that already. All right. Hey, have a great day, everybody. We will see you bright and early on Tuesday. It's 9 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln.